Hello, hello, hello. What's up, guys? I am back. I am back with another episode of Dialogue Heavy with George Truly, Michael Anthony McMillan. So, guys, it's been a couple weeks since I recorded anything. I was writing other stuff and getting things together. And I finished another episode of Stuck. Now, if you don't remember what Stuck is, Stuck is an episodic TV show that I created. Uh, and it's like a reimagination of my life where, you know, uh, Michael, which is my name, and the main, the main character's first name is a married man. He has a child. Um, there's all these complications with, you know, trying to satisfy everybody in his life and at the same time satisfies himself. His dream, which is my dream, is to be a writer and an actor for a living. But you have to take care of responsibilities like, you know, your wife and your and your child. So, you know, he came up with a plan and he, you know, started a small security business that would uh, supplement the income for him so he can be able to live out his dream. So, um, throughout the first and second episode, you get to understand what Michael's getting himself into uh, with having uh, all those responsibilities and at the same time trying to um, recognize his dream. At the end of the episode one, he somehow, some way found a an agent who was not actually an agent but poses as an agent. And um, she um, works for a creative artist agency in a big agency that's actually in Hollywood, one of the majors. And she's actually a mailroom clerk, which is where you have to start at. Well, she, uh, you know, convinces Michael that she is a agent anyway. And uh, Michael, you know, will 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 go that route in the second episode. Michael and Jeanette are living their lives as wife and he's uh, trying to, you know, live his dream. And and, and his wife, she wants to live her own dream and stuff of opening the Zumba studio. And they go through those trials and tribulations. Now, this is like a straight like not even a summary of what's actually going on. So you guys should, should go back and listen to episode one and two before you, um, get into this one. But, um, this is a great episode that I think, you know, that I just finished and I think it's pretty good. It's a a first draft of uh, episode three. So I'm gonna just get into it and, um, and we'll just go from there. So this is stuck written by Michael Anthony McMillan, episode three, first draft. Here we go. Fade in. Interior, Sharon's home, hallway, evening. Sharon is walking down her hallway, talking on the phone with Debbie, a college friend and casting assistant at a local casting agency. Sharon, come on, Debbie, do this one solid. That's not how it works, says Debbie. Sharon, I I can't just put him in the lineup without confirming it with the casting director. Without, excuse me, guys, let me start over. That's not how it works, Sharon. I can't just put him in in the lineup without confirming it with the casting director first. I'll lose my job. Who's going to notice, says Sharon. Interior, Sharon's bedroom continuous. Sharon sits down at her desk and looks up actor actor showcase online. Debbie. The casting director, Sharon. The person that's paid to cast the project. (sighs) They see like a hundred people for roles like this. She can't remember everyone she sent out for. Uh, a good casting director does, which she is. Who's this kid anyway? Sharon sees a showcase and enters Michael's information. His name is Michael Anthony McMillan, my best client. You have a client, says Debbie. Only one of the best actor writers in Hollywood. I'm actually surprised you haven't heard of him yet. Sharon, Debbie, says Sharon. I promise you, you won't regret this. Just slip his headshot in with the rest of the headshots and if the cd note if the cd the casting director notices just say it 
must have got mixed up altogether with other projects, headshots or whatever or something. Are you really trying to tell me how to pull off a scam at my own job, Sharon? No, I Debbie interrupts. If I could pull off if I could pull this off, which I can't, don't you think I would have done it for someone closer to me? Like, I don't know, my own boyfriend or my sister who's an actor? I'll pay for lunch next week, says Sharon. The answer is no, Sharon. Debbie, who helps you cheat on your economics final in college, huh? Sharon gets a confirmation and their performance time for Michael at the showcase. David walks into the bedroom and plops down on the bed eating strawberry ice cream. Debbie, Jesus Christ, Sharon. All I'm saying is that shiny degree might have been, might not have been possible without a little old me passing you the professor's answer key. And yet I'm here in Hollywood. And yet I'm here I'm in Hollywood making $13 an hour as a casting assistant. All right. Look, I'll do it. But if you make me regret this, Sharon, Sharon interrupts. I, you won't, Debbie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to personally make sure of it that when Michael does recite his Oscar speech, you'll be at the top of his list. Yeah, well, it's an extra role in a commercial, Sharon, so I, don't, I won't hold my breath. Hey, got to start somewhere, says Sharon. Just make sure he's he's there at three tomorrow on time. He will be, says Sharon. He will be there. Thanks again, Debbie. Bye, Sharon. Bye. Sharon turns around in her seat and looks at David excited. Interior, gas lamp, restaurant, and bar, night. Michael sits next to Luis, a short, chunky Mexican kid. A a short, chunky Mexican kid. And across from them sit Randy and Mark. Together, the boys are looking up at a big screen that is showing UFC fights. The boys are reacting to punches and kicks. Damn. Oof. Then they then they all stand up in excitement and cheer as a fighter gets head kicked. Oh, holy shit, says Luis. Did I tell you or did I tell you, says Michael. Damn, says Randy. You called that shit, man, said Luis. Luis and Michael give each other a handshake. Randy smirks disapprovingly. Michael holds out his hand to Randy. Hundy spot, says Michael. I thought we were kidding. Michael looks at Luis and then back to Randy. Cheap ass. Mark shakes his head and grabs. Mark shakes his head, and as 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 he grabs a nacho from the middle of the table, you couldn't pay me enough to do that shit," says Mark. Luis looks around the table, lost. Hey, who ate the last mozzarella stick? Randy looks up and away from the table, waving over the waitress that pays him no attention. Uh, excuse me, Dick," says Luis. "I don't know what you're talking about," says Randy. Luis shakes his head, pissed off. A Latin waitress walks by in a short black skirt and a referee t-shirt on with a PE teacher type whistle around her neck. Excuse me, sweetie. Can we have another round, please? Says Randy. Uh, four board lights? Coming right up. Randy weeks at the waitress and her smile quickly turns into a frown. Then she walks off. The boys laugh at him. You're a fucking idiot, says Mark. Just, just watch the fights, bro, says Michael. What? She likes me, says Randy. Yeah, like she likes fucking Ebola, says Mark. Luis laughs at Randy. Shut up, says Randy. Michael downs his beer and takes a bite of his burger like he's never eaten before. Having fun over there, Mike, says Mark. Michael looks up with mayonnaise on his face. The boys look at each other, then back to Michael as he wipes his face. What, says Michael. When's the last time you ate? Christmas, says Randy. Michael smirks. Funny. Nah, I'm just excited, man. I'm out with my boys, watching fights, eating shit I ain't supposed to. Tonight, man, for the first time in seven months, I'm doing what the hell I want to do, 
I hear that, bro. Good shit, says Mark. Luis, seven days a week for seven months straight? Fuck. Luis holds his chest like he's hurt. And graveyard too, says Mark. Yep, says Michael. Mark shakes his head. Even for sitting on your ass, says Randy. In that security booth, that's brutal. Michael smirks at Randy. So who'd you hire anyway? Um, An old Navy vet. Cool dude. Reliable. Nice, says Luis. It actually wasn't all, all bad. I wrote a lot. Podcasts, most of what I wrote, you know. All the boys look at Michael with pursed lips. All right, all right, that shit sucked. The boys laugh again. But for real, it'll be worth it someday. You guys watch. My stories are the shit. You guys listen to my new screenplay yet on my podcast? All the boys look around and back at the big screen. Fucking dicks. All right. <laughs> when my shit blows up and I'm on the red carpet talking talking to your little celebrity crushes like it's nothing, don't say I didn't tell you, motherfuckers. The boys laugh. <clears throat> and they'll be asking me for no money either. Michael gets up from the table as the waitress returns with the drinks. I'm sorry, can I have another vodka soda as well? The waitress finishes putting the drinks on the table and looks up at Mike. Sure thing. The waitress gives Michael a subtle, engaging smile before walking off. Her hips sway brilliantly side to side. Michael smirks and turns to the boys for recognition, but they're all looking at the fight on the screen. Michael walks off deflated. Interior restroom continuous. Michael is at the urinal talking to Sharon on the phone. This is a great opportunity, Michael, says Sharon, to show your overall skill set as a writer and a performer. But why a showcase, says Michael. Exactly. Exactly for those reasons I just said. And there's a lot of big leaguers at the showcases and and that can take you to the... There's a lot of big leaguers at the showcases that'll take you to the next level. Isn't that what I pay you for? To take me to the next level? <laughs> Easy on the vodka sodas, says Sharon. Cowboy. Easy on the vodka sodas, cowboy. You haven't paid me anything yet. And getting you there in front of those big shots, doing with doing. Oh, I'm sorry, let me say it again. Sharon. Easy on those vodka sodas, cowboy. You haven't paid me anything. And getting you there in front of those big shots, doing what you do with your own words, will sure will for sure finally land you a proper agent. Wait, what? You are my agent, Sharon audibly stutters. Uh, yeah, but yes, I mean, maybe your performance, we can snap with your pers- for- performance, we can snatch you up a literary agent, somebody that can get your writing scene on a big screen, on the big flat platform, on a bigger platform. Michael flushes and goes to the sink, putting the phone on the counter, on speaker, fixing himself in the mirror. I don't know. Aren't there lit agents at CAA you can introduce me to? Sharon pauses for a second. Would you just trust me already? Who says I don't? Sharon interrupts. Who does this for a living? You do. I'm trying to help you out the best way I can. All right, Michael? All right, all right, all right. I was just asking. Let me do my job and you do yours. Okay, okay. And your job is to go to this audition tomorrow. What? Are you serious? Michael hands a man a napkin from his side of the sink. Yes, sir. It's a huge role, too. What? What's it for? Samsung commercial. Holy shit, it's really happening, huh? Real auditions, real roles, real money, too. And if you land it, your face will be everywhere. I'm flipping out over here, Sharon. You trust me now? Yes, ma'am. All right. I need you to kill this audition tomorrow and murder the showcase, okay? You got it, Sharon. Thanks a lot. No problem. Just do me a big favor. Yeah? By any means necessary, be on time. Oh, I will. And kick ass, Michael smirks again. I'll do that. Michael hangs up and looks himself in the mirror and smiles. Fuck yeah. Michael's phone rings. Then 
uh, Michael's phone rings again. He looks at it, and it's a text from Marky Mark. It reads, March 24th. Michael looks at the mirror again, and after thinking for a second, he texts back, March 24th. And then he walks out of the restroom. Interior, Michael and Jeanette's apartment, night. We pull away from the dining room table where Jeanette puts a plate of panduces in the center. She stands back, then rotates the plate a couple of times, then looks at them again. Series of shots, Jeanette washes the dishes. Next, Jeanette mops the floor. Next, Jeanette lights some aromatic candles. Next, Jeanette stands in the middle of the apartment, then looks at the clock and hurries into the bedroom. Interior, Michael and Jeanette's bedroom, continuous. Jeanette is in the mirror, applying the last of her makeup when she hears the front door creak open. Hola, mija, we're here. Come in, mom, says Jeanette. Jeanette uses a napkin to blot her lipstick, then stares at herself in the mirror and takes a long, deep breath before leaving the room. Interior, Michael and Jeanette's apartment kitchen later. Jeanette and mom, an older, shorter split image of Jeanette, sit across from each other, and papa, a liberal, more relaxed man, sits between the girls at the head of the table, eating sweet bread while drinking cups of coffee. Papa, these are good, Gordy's. Everything that's bad for you usually is, Papa. This is, this has to be my last one. I'm serious. Jeanette takes a bite of her bread while Mom smirks subtly disappointed. You shouldn't worry about your weight so much, Gorda. She still needs to look good for Antonio. She still needs, no, not for Antonio. Excuse me, guys, Mom. She still needs to look good, Antonio. Papa looks at Mom's stone face. What? For her husband. Michael loves her just how she is. Ain't that right, baby? He married her anyway. He married her, didn't he? Yeah, but Papa interrupts. You look beautiful, baby. Thanks, Pa, says Jeanette. Where's my son-in-law anyway? I brought him a bottle of mezcal from home. Oh, he's out with his friends, says Jeanette. Papa nods his head and Mom smirks. This late? Jeanette looks at the kitchen clock and laughs a little. It's 8.30, Mom. There ain't nothing out there but trouble at this hour. He should be home. Concha, says Papa. What, am I lying, says mom. He's watching. He's just watching UFC fights with his friends, mom. Mom shakes her head, disapproving. The guy worked, Jeanette continues. The guy worked every day for a half a, for a half a year without a single day off. You think he, it warrants him a night to relax? Papa looks at mom, and mom wipes her mouth with a napkin. All right, says mom. Anyway, how are you doing, baby, says papa. Jeanette is still looking at her mom angrily. I'm good, papa. We're good, actually. I'm good, Papa. We're good, actually. Michael just landed another count, so he's excited. Oh, that's what I like to hear. How about you, Papa? I'm good, honey. Papa looks at Mom with something on his mind before looking back at to Jeanette. Actually, says Papa, Mom and I are about ready to open another location. Of the restaurant? Says Jeanette. Really? Uh-huh. Just have to find the right location. We're thinking about somewhere around here, in Long Beach, maybe, says Papa. Why? Says Jeanette. Jeanette takes a bite out of her bread, not looking up. Uh, I don't know. It's a nice city, close to the ocean. People here love seafood, I'm sure. Jeanette smirks as as she sips her coffee. Papa looks at Mom, then back to Jeanette. And, you know, you know, maybe you'd even like to run it. Jeanette looks from Papa to Mom, then back to Papa again. I knew it. What, Gorda? Says Papa. Papa, I have a job, and guess what? I really like it. I know, Gordy's, but this will give you a chance to work with the family. 
I don't think so, says Jeanette. Why not, says Papa? You have tons of restaurant experience. You'll make more money than at your current job, and you can be around the family more. Jeanette looks down, stirring her coffee. No, Papa. What? What are you going to do, says Mom? Just keep helping them line their pockets? Them? Who's them, says Jeanette? Who else? The big corporations, the people running this country trying to keep minorities down. You mean white people, Mom? No. You don't want you don't want to help your family, says mom. Don't do that, mom. That's not fair. Then what, says mom? I just want to do my own thing, okay? You guys immigrated from Mexico and started a Mariscos from scratch with nothing. Papa built the first location with his own hands. The second one too, says Papa. And now, and now you guys have one of the most successful seafood restaurant chains in Los Angeles. Now it's my turn to make my own path. And you're going to do it with what? And you're going to do it with what, says mom. Zumba? Jeanette looks pissed off. Exterior, neighborhood, street, night. A black car with a pink neon lift sign on its dash comes into view. As it pulls up, we see Michael looking looking out the car, then, then down at his phone that illuminates his face. Interior, lift car, same. Michael is looking down at his phone and sends a text, I'm here. Well, this is me. Thanks, says Michael. No problem. Hey, good luck with the riding, kid, the Lyft driver says. Thanks, man. Appreciate that, says Michael. Michael hands the driver a tip, then gets out, closing the door behind him. Exterior. Neighborhood. Street. Continuous. Michael looks side to side down the empty dark street, watching the lift car disappear in the distance, then takes a deep breath and walks into the apartment structure. Interior. Apartment complex. Continuous. Michael walks down the corridor then reaches apartment six. He looks around again, then lifts up a little flower pot that has a key under it. He unlocks the door and goes inside. Interior, apartment, continuous. Michael walks in the dark through the living room, directly into the bedroom, stubbing his toe on a lazy board chair. Fuck! Interior, apartment, bedroom, continuous. Michael opens up the bedroom. The room is faintly lit from a candle on the vanity dresser. There is a television mounted on the wall in the corner, and on the wall above the headboard is an obscure black and white painting of couples kissing in the rain. Michael smiles and and strips down to his underwear and socks, leaving his clothes on the floor. The big silhouette under the covers under the covers moves at the sound of the door closing. Michael quietly climbs into bed and under the covers, hugging the warm body in front of him. Hey, Michael inhales deeply and and smiles at the smell of her hair. Hey, babe, says Erica. Michael kisses Erica on the back. I missed you, says Michael. I missed you too, says Erica. Of course you did. Shut up, says Erica. Erica laughs. How are the fights? Good. Hey, thanks for letting me stay here tonight. Anytime says Erica. I really needed this. Erica turns around to look at Michael in the uh, in, in the eyes, the candle light illuminating her face. I'm always here for you. Erica looks into Michael's eyes and cups his face with her hands. Interior, Erica's apartment, bedroom, morning. Michael's phone rings and he wakes up squinting at the sun coming through the window, looking for his phone. He sees the face of Voldemort on his screen and lays his head back in frustration before answering. Good morning, Mama. Do you have any idea what your son did at school today? Says Nancy. Michael looks over at the other side of the bed to see it empty. No, what? what's up? He hit some little boy in the head, says Nancy. What? 
Yes, Michael, he's fighting now. Well, what did he say? Michael gets up and puts the phone on the speaker while putting his pants on. He said the boy hit him. He said he hit the boy because the boy hit him first. Michael looks over at the phone bewildered. Okay. Okay, what? Mom, he's supposed to defend himself, no? No, says Nancy. I don't want him fighting, Michael. Next thing you know, he'll be a bully or he'll be in a gang. A gang? Says Michael. (laughs) I'm serious, Michael. Mom, what? He's not going to be in a gang, all right? I'll talk to him this weekend and we'll see what's what. Michael looks at himself in the mirror. I don't want him in trouble, Michael. I heard you, Mom. Bye, says Nancy. Nancy hangs up. Michael shakes his head, shakes his head laughing, then looks at his phone and sees that he has missed eight missed calls from Jeanette. Michael's look, Michael looks at himself in the mirror again, then looks down at the floor in disappointment. Interior, Erica's apartment, kitchen, continuous. Michael walks into the kitchen and watches as Erica struggles on her tippy toes, trying to reach for a mug on the top shelf, her butt hanging out of her all black boy shorts Michael comes from behind and slaps her ass need some help Michael grabs the mugs and gives it to Erica she snatches it from Michael pinching his arm ouch that's what you get for teasing me Erica pinches Michael again ow what the fuck and that's what you get for slapping my ass alright take it easy Michael kisses Erica on the cheek before walking over to the table where there are two plates of bacon eggs and toast you want coffee or do you want to act all bougie again what? I like tea. Erica pours piping hot coffee into two mugs. Too bad. All I got is coffee. Then why'd you ask? Still black, says Erica. Erica smiles, pointing. Oh, wait. Then why'd you ask? Erica smiles, pointing her butt at Michael. Michael rolls his eyes. Still black? Yes, ma'am, says Michael. Erica walks over with two mugs and sits with Michael, who's rubbing his hands together. This looks good. Erica eats a big piece of bacon. Michael smiles and takes a sip of coffee. So what are you going to tell my little friend this time? Who? Michael says as he bites into his toast. Don't play dumb. I don't know. You know, I was at Mark's. Got drunk and fell asleep. Erica shakes her head smiling. See, (laughs) this is exactly why I don't date boys anymore. Whatever, says Michael. You're all the same. Liars and cheaters. Yeah. Lying and cheating. like, Like lying and cheating never happened in gay relationships before. Besides, I'm not lying or cheating. Erica adds cream to her coffee. Okay, mister, I was at Mark's house. Look, says Michael, I was I was for a second before I went to the fights. A little white lie to keep the peace never hurt nobody. Besides, Jeanette doesn't need to know that I hang out with my ex from time to time for emotional support. It would just complicate things. Uh, yeah, Erica gets up and goes to the shelf and grabs a small glass container of sugar. I like venting to you, so what? And I love being there for you, Michael, but Michael interrupts. Michael interrupts. But what? We can't be friends anymore because we used to fuck each other's brains out when we were kids? Erica smiles. No, we can't. Why not? For those reasons, exactly. You don't even like men anymore. So what? So what? So what? So you're married. That's so what? And that's not fair to her. What fair? She doesn't know. Oh, she knows. No, she doesn't. And even if she did, it shouldn't be a big deal to hang out to hang with someone a who gets you b is just your friend and c and most importantly a person who in all honesty you're not sleeping with even if you still want to shut up says erica kidding kind of says michael okay well 
You let her go spend the night with one of her exes that she fucked when she was young and spill her guts out to him about you two then. Michael takes a big bite out of his bacon, then sticks his tongue out with food all over it. Erica smiles. Thought so. Erica smirks, then takes a sip of her coffee. Exterior. Michael and Jeanette's apartment. Morning. Papa walks to his car and opens the trunk and starts to load bags in. A black lift car pulls up to the front of the apartment and Michael gets out. Thanks. Michael closes the door. Thanks. Michael closes the door. Closes the car door and the car pulls off. Michael watches his papa smiles, shaking his head. What's up, pops? Michael gives papa a hug. Nothing. Just packing to get out of here. You need some help? No, but you do. What do you mean? Says Michael. Says Michael says, "You kids, you kids are crazy. Do you know where I've been? Had I had I not come home one night when I was a newlywed?" Michael shrugs his shoulders. I was with the guys. Papa looks at Michael and smirks as if he doesn't believe him. I don't care where you were or who you're with, but you never let the sun beat you home, boy. I know, but Papa interrupts, and you got the nerve to come home empty-handed as well. Michael looks dumbfounded, patting his pockets, looking around. You got balls, kid. I give you that. Wouldn't me bringing home a gift imply that I did something wrong? Says Michael. What did I just tell you? Papa reaches into his pocket and pulls out a wad of cash. He pulls out a $50 bill and hands it over to Michael. He continues. You not coming home was enough to be sleeping on the couch for a month. The least you can do is make her smile when you walk through the door. So take your bus somewhere and grab some flowers or something. And when you come home, you tell her you're sorry and it will never happen again. Got it? Michael takes the money. Okay. Thanks, Pop. Look, I like you, Michael. You work hard and I know that you love my baby. But don't make this shit a habit. I'll kick your ass. Papa gives Michael a hug and Michael walks off. Interior. Michael in Jeanette's apartment. Kitchen morning. Michael walks inside the house with flowers and a cheesecake factory bag. Boop boop. I'm home. Michael puts the cheesecake in the refrigerator then walks through the living room looking for Jeanette. Boop boop. Interior. Michael and Jeanette's bedroom continuous. Michael opens the bedroom door. The The bed is perfectly made and there is a scented candle lit. Michael looks around then frowns before FaceTiming Jeanette on the phone. What? Says Jeanette. Where you at, babe? Funny. Could have asked you the same thing. I told you where I would be if I couldn't make it home. And you didn't think to call and let me know you were actually going to stay out. Or better yet, make sure I'm okay. Boo-boo. Or answer any of my calls this morning, says Jeanette. I was still asleep. I'm hanging up. Boo-boo. Don't boo-boo me, Michael. Had I pulled some shit like that on you, it would have been World War Three. All right. All right. You're right. I'm sorry. Hey, I, I, I got your cheesecake. Really? Yep, and some freshly cut sunflowers. Now, why would you do that if you didn't have anything to feel guilty about? Michael looks at a picture of Papa and Mom and bites his bottom lip, pissed. Boo-boo, I didn't do anything. Yeah, and I was born yesterday. Look, I'm getting my my nails done. I gotta go. Okay, well, Jeanette interrupts. Then I'm going out for drinks with Tanya tonight, so I won't be home. All right, all right, bye. Wait, wait, I have a showcase tonight. Yeah? Am? says Jeanette. Well, Sharon says if I kill it, I can land an agent probably. I thought she was your agent. A literary agent. Alright, well, good luck. I'll be out with Tanya. Michael looks a bit down. Okay. Bye, says Jeanette. Jeanette hangs up. I love well, sorry guys, she doesn't hang up yet. I love the call ends and Michael looks 
up knowing he screwed up. Exterior, parking lot, night. Sharon is driving around the parking lot looking for parking spaces. Interior, Sharon's car, same. Sharon, David, what did I just... What would... Would you just exit Sepulveda like I told you? The auditorium will be on the right-hand side about six blocks down. You can't miss it. And I already told you that I'm coming from the north. So while it being on the opposite way, it'll be on my left. What are you talking about? It's still the same exit, says Sharon. Sharon sees Michael exiting his car and exiting his car. And there is a parking spot next to his. David, whatever. I'll just use my GPS. I wish I would have thought of that under her breath, says Sharon. What? Nothing, babe. Just I'll see you in a few. Sharon hangs up the phone and parks. Exterior, parking lot, continue. As Sharon gets out of the car, Michael is walking towards the, audio, toward, towards the auditorium. Hey, you! Michael turns around and sees Sharon. Oh, hey. Sharon walks towards Michael. Are you ready for tonight? Oh, yeah. Sharon gives Michael a hug and can see something is wrong. What? Nervous? Something like that. Look at you. You look good. Thanks, says Michael. You're prepared, right? Yeah. What is there what else is there to do then? says Sharon. That what else is there to do then then go out there and do what you do? Yeah, you think? Of course, yeah. Look, I've seen your reel and I've seen everything that you've ever done. Really? Of course. Of course I have. I wouldn't be as good as I am if I didn't do my research. You're a star, kid. Just go out there and shine. Michael looks at Sharon, cringing. What? I oversold it? Yeah, just a little bit, says Michael. Sorry. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I need your help with something, though. Sharon and Michael start to climb the steps in the auditorium. Interior, Jeanette's car, night. Jeanette is driving in on the phone with her friend Tanya. What? I told him I was going to be with you all night, drinking. Tanya laughs. And if he finds out I'm in Las Vegas, then what? How would he find out that? Uh, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, any other social media I've been posting all week on? Um, He doesn't go on social media like that, says Jeanette. You too much, girl, says Tanya. You think... You you too much, girl. You think I should... You you don't think I should teach him a lesson, at least? For what? Hanging with his boys? What would you do if your husband didn't come home? If your husband didn't answer his phone half the next... If you uh, uh, Sorry, guys. Hold on one sec. Jeanette. Um, what would you do if your husband didn't come home, didn't, didn't answer his phone half of the morning? Oh, God. I cannot get through this. What would you do if your husband didn't come home, then not answer his phone half the next morning? Well, you ain't never got to worry about that, says Tanya. Because I ain't never getting married, Jeanette smirks. But if I was, and this happened, I'd talk to him. If it sounds genuine, drop it. If not, then that's a whole nother conversation. You know that, Jeanette, you know that idiot has a showcase tonight I'm supposed to go to? Girl, go. He's a good man and you know it. Besides, you know if this is his big break and you didn't show up, it's going to eat you up inside later. Jeanette shrink, sh- smirks. Knowing her friend is right. Ugh, I guess. Jeanette sees an entrance onto the freeway and turns onto it. Exterior, Jeanette's car continues. We see Jeanette's car drive onto the freeway, but we could still hear her voice. So what did you get me from Vegas? Interior. 
auditorium seating area at night. Michael and Sharon walk into the hall where some people are already seated. Sharon looks around. Oh, this is going to be good. There are people from all of the majors here, Sharon points. See that guy over there? Which one, says Michael? The one with the black jacket and hat. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see him. That guy's from William Morris. Oh, and that guy from Major Talent. Yeah, this is going to be good. Sharon, says Michael. What? My monologue? Which one should I go with? Well, which one is the best? Is The best? The chick one? The chick one? What? What are you talking about? You know, the one where I'm talking about Sharon's phone buzzes. It's a text from David. Jesus, this guy. Michael interrupts. Sharon, which one? Right then, the PA system is heard over. PA system. At this time, we'd like to ask all the performers to file in, all the performers to file into the green room, please. I repeat, all performers to the green room. Sharon, just do your best one. You only got one shot to wow these people. Michael smirks nervously. All right. Michael takes out his wallet, keys, and phone and hands them to Sharon. Hold on to these for me. All right. Says Sharon. Sharon takes them and gives Michael a hug and sends him off. You're going to do great. Michael looks back at, at her and smirks before he disappears around the hall. Sharon looks around for a seat. Interior auditorium, green room night. Michael walks up some steps, then turns a corner, and boom, he sees 50 or so other actors, singers, performers rehearsing for their performances. Michael takes a, dig, a big, takes a big deep breath, then walks into the fray. Interior, autor, auditorium, seating area, same. Jeanette walks in through the doors, looking around. She spots Sharon and walks down and through the aisle to her. Sharon, right? Sharon turns around talking to a man to from talking to a man to her right. Hi, uh, Jeanette, Michael's wife. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Sharon stands up and gives Jeanette a hug. It's so nice to meet you. Thanks. You too, says Jeanette. A man in the row behind them is agitated at the girl standing in right in front of him. Could you sit down, please? Says the man. The girls both look at him and he turns his head in shame. Rude, says Sharon. Sharon sits and gestures Jeanette to sit down. Please sit. Jeanette sits next to Sharon. So, are you ready for tonight? Oh, yeah, says Jeanette. I love watching Michael perform. He's so good, isn't he? Yeah, says Jeanette. So, how long have you guys just been together? Um, Three years married, but ten altogether. Really? How did you guys meet? Well, if you don't mind. Oh, not at all. It's not that interesting, actually, but we met at a club that was only going that I was only going to that I was only going to because a friend from high school sent me there on a blind date why why I went I don't even know but I brought some girls with me so I just in case the guy sucked or wasn't my type the night wouldn't be a total loss anyway we were waiting in line in the cold in the freezing cold no in the cold freezing our butts off when here comes Michael and his crew of flunkies and he cuts the line in front of my group. No, says Sharon. Yeah. So I told him, hey, fat boy, you and your friends need to get, get to the back of the line. Sharon smiles with intrigue. Then what happened? Well, he told me he'd buy me a drink if I let him stay. So I let him. Jeanette smiles. Yep. We talked and danced all night. I've never even met. I never even met the guy. I never even met met up with the blind date. Sharon laughs. That is so cute. I want that. Haven't haven't gone more than 24 hours without seeing his face since. 
says Jeanette. You guys are so lucky to have each other, girl. Take it from me. It's a jungle out there. Oh, you're single, says Jeanette. Jeanette looks intrigued. Oh, no. Uh, well, yeah, kind of. I don't know. Me and my boyfriend, Sharon's phone rings. She looks down at it. It's David. Are kind of working on things. Actually, this is him right here. Do you mind? Sharon shakes her head no, then looks around the auditorium. I mean, Jeanette shakes her head no, then looks around. Hello? Yes, David. You found the... What? No, didn't I tell you right? You're probably staring right at the... Pl- Hold on. Sharon puts the phone on her chest. Uh, she continues. Boys, I'm going to go try to get them before Michael goes on. Do you mind holding the seats? No, go ahead, says Jeanette. Thank you. Sharon gets up to leave. Oh, Michael gave me his stuff to, to hold on to while he performs. Sharon takes out all of Michael's things from her purse and hands them over to Jeanette. I'll be right back. Do you want anything? I saw a vending machine outside. No, no, thanks, thanks. Okay, says Sharon. Sharon walks out of the aisle and out the walks out the aisle and out the auditorium. Jeanette waits as the lights dim. The light from Michael's phone comes on, and Jeanette looks at it. And the text, and there's a text from Marky Mark that reads March 24th. Jeanette looks with with suspicion. Interior green room. Michael is in a corner silently saying his lines to himself when a, when the staff member, a red-headed girl with headphones, walks into the room. Michael Anthony McMillan? Michael looks up. That's me. You're on deck. Thank you. Michael turns around and takes a deep breath. Interior, auditorium, seating area. Jeanette watches as a performer finishes a performance that is not good. As she leaves... Hardly anyone claps. PA system. Ladies and gentlemen, our next performer is an actor, writer, performing his own material. Material. Uh, Michael Anthony McMillan, everyone. The crowd. Interior. Auditorium. Stage continuous. The curtain opens and Michael walks out towards the crowd. He looks around and everybody is looking at him blank-faced. He takes a deep breath. (sighs) This monologue is called... Michael looks around him, sure, unsure of himself. He looks to see Sharon walking down the aisle with David. She waves at him to go for her. Sorry. <clears throat> this monologue is called I Want to Fuck Other Women. The crowd laughs. Sharon's eyes bulge as she walks to her seat. And Michael watches as Sharon sits next to Jeanette. Michael almost chokes. He takes a few breaths and looks at Sharon, whose head is in her lap now. Michael gets into character. I want to fuck other women. All right. I said that shit. That's it. <laughs> All right, guys. So I don't know if I'm going to re-record this. I got to see how it sounds to me. But I, I made a ton, a ton of freaking errors and mistakes today. But it is what it is. It's a it's a first draft, and it's the first time me reading it since I wrote it. So, um yeah but uh think it's a cool story man you know in this life we still have these these things that we're trying to get over and things that we're doing and and stuff like that so i don't know like you know michael is starting to evolve in this in this um in this episode particularly you get to see that he's not just the the perfect husband or friend or or whatever you know he has these he has secrets as well just as we you know people in general we all do um this situation is kind of close to home and when i told my 
until I kind of talk to my wife about my episodes as I'm writing them and stuff sometimes. And uh, I knew this one in particular would be one that she would hate. And um, if she's listening to it right now, hey, babe, <laughs> I love you. But um, yeah, you know, she doesn't like this topic. She doesn't like this t- subject and and stuff like that. And I can understand it and stuff. But um, if, if everything goes right and in the next episodes, you'll see Jeanette you know, handle some business on, on, a, on another level as well, where you'd be like, yes, girl. <laughs> so we'll see when I told her my thoughts for episode four and beyond, she blushed a little bit and stuff. There'll be some type of interest that will, yeah, well, I don't want to give too much or say too much about it, but it'll be something where she'll have to make a decision for herself. So yeah. So the, I mean the character obviously, but anyway, um, I'm not going to take too much more of you guys' time. I thank you for listening to another episode of Dialogue Heavy with yours truly. And um, I'll keep you posted on what's coming up next. I got a full, ne- another full script that I can read. And I'm thinking about doing that. But well, we'll go from there and see how, it, how everything goes down. So until then, I will talk to you soon. And uh, you can catch me on Instagram barely because I don't really go on. Except when I'm posting stuff for here. But um, at Michael period McMillan, that's at Michael spelled the regular way, period, M-C-M-I-L-L-O-N. And um, my email is M-Z-A-Z-K-A-C-K, M-Z-A-Z-K-1-9-9 at gmail.com. And I will talk to you soon. Later. Peace. Holla. Boom.